Will you open your Bible with me, please, to Luke chapter 1? We're just going to do a quick 10-minute study devotion here. In the Word. Good prayers, everyone. Everybody prayed good prayers. Even if you don't know who Carrie is. Good, good prayers. Do you think that we sway God with special words? We don't. We don't sway him by any word. There's, you know, he knows what we're going to pray before we pray it. Have you ever been talking to a child um, about something important, and then they start telling you a, a story from school that's completely unrelated or whatever because their attention span is this big? Think about us crying out to God on things that he's for generations been planning. He, he's holding the earth up by the word of his power. And then we come to him and say, Lord, here's a request. And here's the crazy part. He's doing such a big thing and also says, what's that child? Through Christ, who's always interceding for us. Could you imagine? You have the ear of the creator of the world. And he listens to us. And it's not how special your words are. It's the fact that he loves you and he loves the son. Because when he looks at you, he sees Jesus. And it's as if Jesus himself is saying, hey, Father, I have a request. That's, it's impossibly amazing. It's impossible for our minds to get around how glorious God is that he actually listens to our prayers. And then we think, if I just pray all night, if I just pray at the right time, if I wear the right shoes, if I say the right words, if I use this poetry, if I just know that what you say God actually hears you, and he actually gives an answer to it. Sometimes it's no. Sometimes it's later. He usually doesn't say maybe. I use that a lot. Maybe I'll talk to your mom. You know, can I have a treat? Maybe. I, maybe. Can we wrestle? Maybe. You know, that's how it goes. God doesn't do that to us. Praise the Lord. I was thinking this morning as we come to this passage, we're going to read the Magnificent, which is Mary's prayer psalm that she sings to God after she goes to visit Elizabeth. This is Luke chapter 1 and verse 46. And Mary, who's with baby Jesus, the Lord has, by the Holy Spirit, put Jesus into her. And she's heard from the angels now that this, is, this baby is going to be born. And the angel told her, go and you'll see as a sign that your cousin Elizabeth is also a child. Elizabeth is going to have John the Baptist born to her in her old age, which is incredible. And that's its own story, and you guys, as good Bible students, already know that. But John the Baptist is going to prepare the way for the Lord, and Mary goes to visit her cousin Elizabeth, and what happens when she shows up? Do you remember? Elizabeth, yeah, says, what is this that the mother of my Lord would visit? I know this because the baby within me leapt for joy at the sound of your voice. How insightful is that? This is not. This, she's in the spirit. She's, she's having things revealed to her in the moment that are far beyond human understanding. And so Mary sees this happen. Remember, the angel said, this will be a sign to you. So she comes. Could you imagine? You're a teenager. And God comes to you and says, I'm going to do a miraculous thing to you that's never been done. Or on the very rarest of occasions where something, you know, super miraculous happens. A virgin becoming pregnant, it, it doesn't happen. That's miraculous. And so now, as a sign to you, go see Elizabeth, and you'll know what I'm talking about. You'd go right away. And that's basically what she does. But she also does that. I mean, think of the, the danger here for her. 
She's already told her betrothed. She's not even married yet. Hey, Joseph, I'm going to have a baby. God's got to convince him by a dream with an angel to not just get rid of her. So you're going to go, and you know how people are, right? They're going to go, wait a minute, the wedding and the wedding? Wait a second. You know, that's how this works, right? And so the reproach of somebody who's now coming and she's going to see her cousin Elizabeth, this is not just like, oh, I'll go visit. This will be great. The angel said, this is a sign to you. And so the first thing she does is, I need to, I don't understand. Whatever the Lord said, make it happen, but I got to go see Elizabeth. And so she walks in, and this is the first thing that happens. And out of her mouth comes this song of praise. Here's what she says. Luke 1, verse 46. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name, and his mercy is for those who fear him. From generation to generation, he has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones. He has exalted those of humble estate, and he has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his offspring forever. Hallelujah. Isn't his word beautiful? Now, some of us right now are thinking like, oh, that's nice. Good prayer. But like, it's not the greatest piece of poetry I've ever read. You know, for something called the Magnificat, you know, you'd think it'd be like a little more amazing. But here's what's happening in this. As I read it, and I just want to give you a glimpse in four minutes, when I read this, of things that I see that have depth of revelation that are so far beyond that this girl, it's incredible to me how she gets it. It's incredible. She understand. She doesn't fully know what's going on. So at this point, she's going to have a baby, I guess. You know, that's at her moment. She's believing it. Whatever the Lord said, that's going to happen. She's right at the beginning of her pregnancy, so it's not like she's nine months. The baby in her did not leap. She's trusting what her cousin has said. That's important. And beyond that, she's in a lot of peril. And she's not a rich princess. This isn't a Disney movie. She's not, you know, she's not Ariel who's inheriting the whole underwater kingdom. She's just this girl, Mary that God chose and God showed up to after hundreds of years of silence. Now the Lord has shown up to one of the priests to say, I've given you a son and then to Elizabeth and they're going to have a baby and to a little child, Mary, who's about to be born. How old do you think she is? We don't know exactly. She's probably a teenager, 15, 17, maybe. If she's 20, she's old to get married in this time frame. Right? If she's 12, it's a little early, but not unheard of. See what I mean? She's just a kid. This is incredible. So here in verse 46, My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of my servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. All generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. What are the great things that he has done for her? He spoke to her. He's filled her. 
He's going to give her a child, but all of those things come with a massive price. Because socially, she's on the outside. He did not give her money or support. He didn't even make sure she had a husband actually married to her yet. That would have been a nice, every dad in the room would be like, what? Just because we're going to look at Joseph and say, how are you going to support my daughter? There's an idea there, but God the Father is going to support Mary. God the Father is going to make sure this is going to happen okay. God the Father is going to make sure Joseph still comes to her. God the Father will oversee all these things. And so she's in a lot of danger, not just socially, but in every way. You know, single mom, hard. That's a hard thing to be a single mom. That's a super hard thing to be a single mom in a place where you are totally ostracized and cast out. And your marriage is everything for your financial future security. Because Mary does not come from a royal family. The princess. She's not the princess. She doesn't have means to just support her. That's a big deal. So the great things that he has done for her far supersede what we would normally think of as all the great things. Security, finance, resource, all, you know, I have the ear of the king. Those would be things that we would assume, wow, what a great success story. But God's version of success is very different. Holy is his name. Isn't it incredible that the one who, ins who is inside her now is the holiness, is the holiness that she's speaking about. And he has come down into her who is a sinner. And her very future salvation is dependent on the child that she is now carrying. That's incredible. See, when Jesus came down, he didn't just come down into a filthy environment. He came down into a filthy person. The very environment from which he grew as a baby was in a sinful place. And the representation of the fallen, the, those he would actually save. He's wonderful. He's wonderful. In a way, the manger was a step up from being inside Mary. Because the filthiness of the sin was through the image bearer. In a way, being in the filthy manger was a step up from being inside Mary. Can you? It's, that's staggering. That's staggering. Holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. You know, Jesus' mission is a, is a mercy mission. We talk a lot at Christmas time about love, and for God so loved the world that he did send his only son. But Jesus' mission was not just a mission of love. It was a mission of mercy because those very people he was coming to save were objects of God's wrath. They were those who were destined for his wrath. And so when Jesus came, he came that he would suffer our fate. The other night, my son Jonah had punched his sister. Jonah's special. He's a special boy. He's right in the middle. You know, it's anyway. He punched his sister, and I brought him into the room. And uh, he was also disobedient. Something else happened. And I said, Jonah, you're going to get two spankings with the spoon for disobedience and for hitting your sister and for all these things. And he was already upset and tearful and terrified because that's what... Do you remember getting spanked as a child if you got spankings? The, the anticipation was worse than the spanking. It was terrifying, wasn't it? That's part of it. 
So here's Jonah, and I always go through a mantra. I don't, we don't beat our kids, but we say, Jonah, I love you. You've disobeyed. We explain that. You're going to receive a spanking. So I said, you're going to receive two spankings because you hit your sister and because you were disobedient and disrespectful. Okay, Daddy. I said, all right, let's hold on to the bed, and I spanked him. And he, you know, he's crying, and he's looking at me because he knows the second one's coming. And I took the spoon, and I spanked my leg hard. So the reason I did that was because I could explain to Jonah, what did Jesus do for us? He took the spankings. He took the punishment that was deserved. I said, Jonah, you should have gotten two spankings. You only got one. Why did that happen? Now, God took all the spankings, right? But I said, why did that happen? He said, he was terrified. I have no idea. Because no, he's waiting for the next one to come. And I said, the next spanking I took for you. Because I want you to understand what Jesus did when he came. He came to be our champion, our representative. He came down to us that he would take all the punishment for sin for us. That the spankings we deserve, which is death, he would take upon himself on the cross. And God chose this young girl, teenager, Mary, who would have to suffer through that too. Who would carry this baby, who by the Holy Spirit she would understand God was giving his mercy to the world through this child because this child was destined to die for us. And she was really his mother and would have to witness it. Her calling is one of suffering. It's hard because she's going to see what God was really doing. And what was God doing? He's bringing down the mighty from their thrones, those exalted, those rich are sent away empty. Why? Because all of those who feel like they can do it themselves, everyone who thinks that they have the means, they have the ability, they have the power, they have the money, they have the whatever, to save themselves or to be right before God or to stand up and say, well, look at what I have, I'm special. All of those proud in heart, the Lord sees right through them to their heart and cast them aside and instead chooses a teenage girl from nothing that he will oversee. He will make sure she's okay. He will cover all her reproach. He'll make sure she gets married. He'll make sure she walks through life, and he'll make sure that she's covered. Because on the cross, he looked down and said, John, this is your mother. Because that baby was destined to take all of the punishment for us. And still God cares for Mary. How incredible. And she doesn't even know it yet fully. And yet her heart through the Holy Spirit is just pouring out this love for God and this little prayer that she says because she can see that the helper, the helper of Israel, the one who has remembered his covenant, the one who spoke to Abraham, is the same one who's now inside her and who will save us all. Jesus Christ is our salvation. The depth of covenant love that he has is so far beyond just a girl who says, oh, wow, this is amazing. Use me, God. It's so special. Instead, the price is so high. The suffering is so great. And yet his love and care is so big. And so, brothers and sisters, when you pray, when you pray to this God who died for us, who took the punishment, who hung on the cross and rose again, it doesn't matter how great you pray. It doesn't matter how great of words that you use because his love is so far beyond. It's so much bigger and his plan and his covering is so grand for us. Whatever you say, look at this little prayer that she says, and we call it the Magnificent. Because by the Holy Spirit, the words just come out and God is glorified. And when you say, Jesus Christ is Lord, he's glorified.
If you draw near to him, he will draw near to you. And you will find that just like Mary, we can say, Lord, this is not because I saw something special or I was powerful enough or I was rich enough or I was great enough, but instead because you revealed it to me through your Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ is Lord. It changes everything, doesn't it? It changes everything. He's our life. He's everything. So in a little devotion today before we go out and driving in the snow, if you're driving, you say, Jesus, take the wheel. Because we're spinning in the snow, God forbid. <laughs> Whatever it is, the Lord is with you. If you draw near to him, he'll draw near to you. He reveals things beyond flesh and blood through his word that has a depth of love and grace. Never forget that Jesus was not just a baby born in a manger. He was the baby who was, would grow to a man who was destined to be the mercy of God, to take all the punishment for us. And when you speak to him, he actually listens to you because of Jesus. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your hand. Thank you that you are our king, our champion, our Lord. Thank you, God, for your mercy. Thank you, God, for your mercy. Lord, you took all the spankings. You took all the eternal punishment. You took the death for us. So as we come out of here, we don't have to worry that it's not over yet or that you're going to strike us down. But instead, you say that we are your servants. We are your children. Thank you. Thank you for accomplishing that on the cross for us. And thank you that you chose a little girl, Lord, that you would reveal things to her beyond her normal physical state, that she would carry the Christ. Lord, we're so blessed that you choose the unlikely and that you choose the lowly. Father, we come before you in humble estate. Lord, use us. Use us for your glory. We praise you. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be blessed today. Be safe driving. We'll see you next week. God bless you. Have a great day.